Hello everyone and welcome to Astro Lushes. It is Pisces season and I'm Lisa Marie. And I'm Andy Tallarico. Welcome to Astro Lushes. We are going to be serenading you with a poem to start. So Andy, take it away. I'm going to be reading a poem by one of Lisa and my favorite poets, uh, Christina Rossetti. And we thought the dreamy quality of this and the sort of fantasy versus reality aspect really spoke to Pisces season. So this is called I Dream of You to Wake by Christina Rossetti. I dream of you to wake. Would that I might dream of you and not wake but slumber on. Nor find with dreams the dear companion gone. As summer ended, summer birds take flight. In happy dreams I hold you full in night. I blush again who waking looks so wan brighter than sunniest day that ever shone. In happy dreams, your smile makes day of night. Thus, only in a dream, we are at one. Thus, only in a dream, we give and take the faith that maketh rich who take or give. If thus to sleep is sweeter than to wake, to die were surely sweeter than to live, though there be nothing new beneath the sun. That was glorious. (laughs) I love her. We wanted to open with a poem because we felt it was very apropos uh, Pisces season. They rule the dream world. It's their realm. They're ruled by Neptune. The planet Neptune is dreams, subconscious, um, all those like feelings, intuition, gut instinct, sort of the unnameable. Exactly. And I think a poem is all of that. Yes. It comes from some unnameable source and center of self that is truly, I think, different from all other art forms Mm -hmm. and completely built from the subconscious. Yes. And I love that. And in poetry itself is unnameable. I I remember working in a bookstore and somebody asked, wait, do we put poetry in fiction or nonfiction? And I was like, you put it in poetry. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's its own place. It exists in its own space. It's so funny to me that poetry is the only genre that just hyper confuses people at all times. All the times. All times. It's like... It, it cannot have rules. It cannot be lorded over. Mm-hmm. It's always expanding. Yes. And, and it's sort of inscrutable at times. Right. Um, because it's expressing something unexpressible or saying something that has never been said or at least saying something in an order of words that have never been put together before. And exactly. that's, that's Piscean. Oh, so Piscean. And yeah, so we're really excited to do the yes. Pisces um, episode. We, we stand Pisces up in this podcast. We really do. <laughs> you have a Cancer and a Scorpio coming at you, giving us, you know, giving you the third water sign, the final water sign, yep. the final sign of the entire Zodiac, yep. our little Pisces brethren. Our beautiful, watery brethren. Our little fishies. <laughs> <laughs> so we have quite a packed episode for you today again. Uh, We're going to be going into Pisces season, of course, the full moon in Virgo coming up on Monday, the 9th of March, Uh, water magic, dream Mm -hmm. magic, sleep Mm -hmm. magic. Yeah. Some Uh, uh, mythology. We're touching on some mythology. Of course, our favorite Pisces, our famous Pisces that we want to call out to. Some untranslatable words. Uh, And a little bit of dream talk. Um, And also a a, a bit on increasing your intuition, which is a thing you actually can do. You can increase your intuition. Yeah. And it's available for all of us. <laughs> it's out there, friends. We're here to help you. It's free. Dial into it. Yeah. 
Um, I'm going to start selfishly with my Pisces info because my moon is in Pisces. Please take it away. And we know that the moon, right? So you have your big three, your, your sun, your rising, your moon. Your sun is like your ego and the self that you present. And, you know, it, it's the most in touch with who you are. You have your rising sign who is like the face, the mask that you give. Your first impressions, um, sort of um, like your loud personality. And then your moon sign, which is like your soft emotional feelings. And my moon sign, well, so Lisa's moon sign is in Cancer, which is a great place to have it because the moon rules Cancer. Right. My moon is in Pisces. Pisces. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, which makes for a really sensitive makeup. We both have very sensitive makeups, Lisa. Oh, God. God. Don't you know it? <laughs> I'll We're drink only... to that. <laughs> Clink. We are drinking a really lovely Italian red tonight. Um, and I suppose that fits with the Rossetti poem we just read. It does. It also just fits with Pisces. They're drinkers. Totally. That is not a, a meant to be an offensive statement. Yeah. And the, and I think Ita- Italy in general, there's something about that, the mythology and the history of it that feels very dreamy and earthy and of the depths. It's... Well, let's talk about yes. the mythology. Let's. So Pisces itself, right, is the two fishies. Yes. <laughs> um, it's the only plural sign right the yeah. rest of them are yeah. singular yeah unless uh, it's you look at maybe oh maybe, gemini maybe, gemini is twins maybe gemini Sorry. Sorry. and then maybe if you look at the scales for libra maybe. scales is still one system that's balanced but it's like one thing gemini and pisces are the only plurals and gemini's are, are twins and but pisces are swimming in opposite directions of each other they're not actually twins they're like forces moving in different directions yeah and i learned tonight that um the Greek myth that formed Pisces uh, in Western astrology was that um, it was Eros and Aphrodite who were um, got into some trouble with the gods and instead were turned into fish, basically. There's a lot more to the story. But I love that it's Eros and Aphrodite because um, you, like, you know what they represent in Greek mythology. Absolutely. Love and sensuality. Yes. So... I feel like every Pisces I meet is very, very obsessed by romance and also has this hyper, not hypersexual in a, in a negative way, like mm-hmm. hypersexual in a really delicious, like hung, soul hunger yes. sort of way. And I think that that's really, it's something that I think is what is so scrumptious about them that I personally yes. adore. I just I find it interesting because water signs traffic in the in the subconscious. It's like where we exist, but Pisces are fish who live in the subconscious. They mm-hmm. live in the depths. They live under the under the water. Mm-hmm. You know, cancer uh, cancer crabs in and out of the water. Scorpio is sort of like a, like an anomaly of a water sign, which a lot of the zodiac does not make like perfect sense and alignment right. in those ways. Um, but is water because of where it's placed and water because of how it feels and yeah. water because of its transformative abilities right. and its adaptability. But Pisces, like, are is. in it. Yeah. They are the wateriest. They're the wateriest. <laughs> and that's often why I also, besides finding them so alluring, I have trouble with them because I do sometimes find that even me as a Scorpio, mm-hmm. I, I just... the Scorpio has a certain... I think at times stoicism and ability mm-hmm. to make shit happen, sure, whereas sure. Pisces can be undecided well, by its very, very nature. Think of the symbology. You know, the crab exists on land and water and needs both, so it has grounding. 
Yeah. Scorpio is on land, ready to kill, ready to die. Yeah. Here for it. <laughs> you know? And Pisces is always in the depths. Yeah. So it's going to be, I think, easier for you to translate cancer feelings more mm. than it is for Pisces, even if you you understand it, though. You, we oh, all yeah. speak the same language. We do. Yeah. Just, just in different ways. Dialects. Dialects in yeah. the same language. Exactly. That's a great way to put it. Elemental dialects. Yeah. <laughs> Someone give us a book deal. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> no, but for real. Um, and then also the other um, myth that I think ties in, right, is uh, I think Persephone, mm. the goddess of the underworld, un- unwittingly. I love Persephone. Kidnapped by Hades and taken into the underworld and then thought to, you know, when the plants are dead, it's because Persephone's underground. And when the plants are alive, it's because she's back up on top. And I feel like that's a really Piscean place mm. to be. It, it is so Piscean. You would have to be a Pisces to withstand that. And I don't know how they do, because it does actually feel so exhausting mm-hmm. when I look at it. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine the emotional labor and like self-quarreling that goes mm-hmm. on in a Pisces. But also, it teaches us so much about how to exist in that space of it does. uncertainty. And, and also, I guess, shifting emotions, feeling safe in that instead mm-hmm. of thrown off maybe by it. And I do think it's important to like call out at this point and shout out at this point that because Pisces are like sort of defenseless animals living in the deep, um, they sort of move through the world with like a kindness and a gentility that I don't think exists in a lot of other places. And that's not to say they don't have tempers or they don't get heated or you can't be like a bad Pisces, but I just, they're so much softer. Yeah. They're the softest sign. They are soft. And I think... If we take anything from Pisces season, it's to kind of like let yourself fumble in that softness Mm -hmm. rather than try to wear this armor that is maybe inauthentic at times. Um, It does allow vulnerability. I will also say on the other side of that with Pisces, they might not be aggressive or have like natural weapons about them, Mm. but try to catch a fish in your hands. You can't. You cannot catch Pisces. They are not to be caught and held down. They do not want to get in your net. They do not want to get hauled up on shore and taken by somebody. Like, they're they're like protective little creatures. I know. I love them. So, who are are some of your favorite Pisces? So many. Other than everybody in my life. (laughs) Yes, talk about a little bit of that. (laughs) How are you affected by Pisces, I'm going to say, other than... (laughs) I I started being selfish and talking about my moon in Pisces, but I'm also going to mention... Um, you know, our houses matter, right? And you, you add up your, your houses by your rising sign. Your rising sign is your first house. Um, and so I'm a rising Sag, but that means that my fourth house is in Pisces. And our fourth house rules family, mm. belonging, those people that like you feel like you've known forever, that you have this need to protect or that you want to be protected by, that you would just lay down in traffic for. Mm. Your fourth house sign is important. Those relationships, your fourth and twelfth are extremely important, and your seventh, I would argue, which is the sign of relationships. My fourth is in Pisces. And not only is my fourth sign like my family sign, but it's also my mother, my stepfather, my maternal grandmother, my best friend from home who is gone. many of my first and most lasting boyfriends and relationships I have like my my life is a life of Scorpio and Pisces and the Scorpio is always friends and like super meaningful relationships and the Pisces are like so populated there's just everywhere what have you learned from Pisces that you carry with you (laughs) 
Um, I think I've definitely learned um, withholding judgment. You know, cancers can be real crabby and snappy <laughs> at things. Yeah. Um, I think I've learned... I always, like, paid attention to my dreams, and I always paid attention to moon cycles, and I always felt, like, uh, in tune with that. But Pisces just, like, live there. And it sort of gave me permission to be as ethereal and as um, sort of, like, subconsciously tuned in and yeah. intuitive as I wanted to be. Pisces has taught me to trust my intuition. It's so It's so true. I think, like, ever since I met you we have conversations that easily obviously go into the depths we're both water signs but you did always have you you've said many times to me over the course of our relationship like oh that must mean something or that that's showing up for a reason something like that and i I think that's really beautiful i mean i'm very in touch with that myself but i do think that you like definitely underscore it and it's it's a kind of a it's a it's a magical quality because i think a lot of the time in the busyness of life and just paying rent and doing mm-hmm. the things, we abandon or forget to nurture that like beautiful undercurrent, that dark, beautiful, ripe with information undercurrent. I'm, a, I'm also going to say that I think Pisces is the hardest to discuss, not because, I mean, I love and respect them and I'm attracted to them for days. However, they live in like the unnameable. Mm. They live like pre or post language I'm not sure which they live from gut and 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 so it can be hard to like um extrapolate it can be hard to enunciate it can be hard to you know be eloquent to Mm. me Mm. about the Piscean rap but we started talking about our favorite Pisces yeah I went personal let's talk about our favorite like celebrity yeah famous Pisces famous fishies I mean there's a lot of them I love Rihanna Yes, yes. I and mean, she's our queen. She's our queen. Right before we started recording, we watched her video, Love on the Brain, which if you haven't, you should watch it. It's very dream space, very subconscious, mm-hmm. very very sort of mining the depths of the self in order to grow and change. I mean, I suppose it's a bit Scorpio, but it is very Pisces. I mean, it's also Cancerian with like exactly. all the children. The memory and the, and the family. And yes. Yeah. But it's Pisces. I mean, Pisces, Pisces. is sort of like the, the sum of Cancer and yeah. Scorpio, and it's also the sum of the rest of the Zodiac, because yeah. it's the last one. Yeah. They carry everybody's shit. <laughs> they carry everyone's feelings around. Like, think about that. Imagine if that was your lot in life. I mean, the ocean is a very big space. Vast. It's and vast. And unknown. It's more, it's just as unknown as space is. Which think is about that. the most wild. I often think about that in bed at night. Yeah, same. And it blows my mind and makes me feel all sorts of things. I think about the end of the Zodiac all the time because Aquarius is like space to Mm. me and Pisces is the sea to me. And they're both like the end of of like our knowledge and to where like all of the things we don't know. The expanse of unknowableness. All of the knowledge we have yet to learn I feel like exists in Aquarius and Pisces. Totally. And that those things trickle down through us but that we can't articulate or understand them or even put them into action Mm -hmm. but we feel it and we'll get into that later with words that we've used to describe feelings that are completely untranslatable. I will also argue that Pisces is probably the most psychic sign of the Zodiac, but I also think they probably don't know what to do with it. <laughs> I, would, I, I would agree because I've watched Pisces self-sabotage against yeah. their own intuition. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, my friend, you have the information right yep. here in front of you. Mm-hmm. You're not using it though. And I guess it must be overwhelming to be receiving messages all the time. Which is, so another Piscean thing before we get into the favorite Pisces, but um, 
Uh, Pisces has more than any other sign a, a proclivity toward vices mm. and a proclivity toward alcohol or being stoned, mm. um, and and not in a not in like a lascivious like woo party way, no. but in like they receive so much information and so many feelings, and they don't really have the capacity to name all of them because they're in the unknown. That they tend to like self medicate or numb, or at least. Uh, feel more comfortable in those subconscious spaces yeah and it's it's a real thing like jack kerouac the poet you know drank himself to death as pisces and jason molina the artist did the same thing it's like i'm not trying to get dark i'm just saying it's um it is a thing with pisces that they 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 live in the realm of vices and comfort yeah, and I think... And I'm not, I'm not judging that. I have a moon in it. I get of it. Of course. <laughs> no, and I mean, we're. it's funny that we do and have something called astro luscious. Exactly. But at the same time, I think we've both, whether we're big into drinking or not, like, we both come from a realization that in order to discuss these very deep things, often we intersect our conversations with trauma and memory in the past. It is a lubricant. It is. And it is one that... We have the option to turn on and off, luckily, but we do use it as a as a as a mechanism. And like, there are reasons I think that very emotional or highly sensitive people, like Pisces and like us, use things as armor in a way. Yes. Is it good? Is it bad? I'm not going to sit here I, and tell you. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not here to. Yeah. Like, lay down a verdict on that. No. But no. I will say that a lot of great writers. Um, are Pisces because I think um, part of writing definitely is like as we were talking about with poetry is like you know traveling through those realms John Irving who is somebody who's very like personally important to one me one of your favorites um, is a Pisces and my favorite writer of all time uh, my favorite novelist Gabriel Garcia Marquez from Colombia uh, one of the best is magical realism not the ultimate Piscean I mean magical realism is probably all that I ever need yeah forever. truly truly yeah. and I, I I love it because I'm gonna get on the like a literary nerd thing for a moment here but magical realism is not fantasy it's not like a different world no. it's not different rules it's not aliens or like different planets not that I have any problem with that but magical realism exists in the actual real world but then it creates these moments where you have to suspend your disbelief and give over to faith that something bigger beyond us exists and so these moments of like someone flies or someone someone's ghost just with walks no into explanation the room. and there's no explanation and there's no saying like i'm not being facetious right this isn't like a ghost story They're i'm just being literal yeah. you know and and grandma's just here yeah she's just here now she's been dead for 40 years and now she's sitting next to you and exactly. we're gonna have a conversation about it exactly that is extremely piscean to me but marquez is my oh Marquez He's, and John Irving are my loves. John Irving's not magical realism, but he it, it, he just deals so much in the subconscious and our feelings. And he does. I would say another um, that is my favorite magical realist is probably Isabella Allende. Yeah. My oh, House I, of Spirits changed my life. Changed my life too. My life. Of course it did. I read it back and forth on the subway for days and days and days when I was working at McNally Jackson, the bookstore here in New York, which Andy also worked out for many years. <laughs> Um, we have a lot of overlap. We're kind of redundant. Yeah, I, we could, one of us can get eliminated now. <laughs> the other will pick up the slack. We'll let you choose. <laughs> I just loved it because I remember opening that book and reading about how the one sister was basically a mermaid. Yeah, and that was that, and there yeah. was no explanation. And yeah. I loved it because when we walk through life, 
in this room right now with us, wherever we are, wherever you are, listener, there's like this, um, I don't know, a scrim between this and something else. And there's that like invisible layer of knowledge and truth and the divine that's always there with us. We just, you know, and whatever it might be, it could be something very, very godlike or not, but it's always there and it's always there to be listened to. We just sort of live around it and sometimes don't even acknowledge it. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so many more writers. Victor Hugo. Yeah. Um, so Les Mis is yeah. Piscean. Philip Roth. Philip Roth, John Updike. There's a lot of like modern American lit written by hmm. these Pisces dudes. Including, I find it really interesting. So David Foster Wallace is also a Pisces. But he came after Philip Roth, John Updike, maybe John Irving, and one other author for being like phallocentric sexist authors and writing from like the dick perspective essentially Mm. and yet he himself was like made of the same he was cut from the same cloth Um, wow it's really interesting this Pisces swimming in different directions boys with feelings but then um, also so like I remember reading when I was a little kid that Pisces were the natural witches of the Zodiac. And Mm. then the first famous Pisces I ever heard of was Elizabeth Taylor. Oh my God, such a witch. Such a witch. Such a witch. And then Rashida Jones in modern day. She is such a Pisces queen. Yeah. If she wasn't, if she wasn't a Pisces, I would, I would, there would be an inquisition. It would be a problem. I would have guessed that from 10 paces. Yeah. Without even maybe seeing her act. I would have guessed that. I truly adore Rashida Jones. Yeah. And her father, Quincy Jones. Yeah. Also a Pisces. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah. The force is strong. The force is strong with this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, Michelangelo might have been a Pisces. Yeah, and da, and da Vinci was a moon in Pisces. Hmm. I love it. Um, some really good ones. I don't know if I would allow Pisces to be the natural witch of the Zodiac, but... <laughs> I read it as a kid. It stuck with me. <laughs> and we're here for your arguments. What do you guys think? Yeah, what do you guys... Who do you think is the natural witch of the Zodiac? Tweet us. Because, like, I might go for an Earth sign. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Troubled astrolushes. Okay. <laughs> mm. All right. So, the full moon that is coming up on Monday the 9th, um, every time... Uh, you're in an astrological season. The new moon will be in the, that sign. So the new moon in Pisces was like a February 23rd? Uh, 23rd. Somewhere around there. And then the full moon will be in its opposite. So right now we're in Rihanna season, but the full moon is in Beyonce. It, well, we just go from great to great. <laughs> queen to queen. Um, yeah. And by the way, you, you recently downloaded something today that gives you full moon ritual ideas. What was that? I did. Um, uh, if you like astrology, you probably already know the name Chani Nicholas. She's our queen. The queen. She's the Beyonce of astrology. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it is. That's true. Uh, and and she, um, she sells for very, very reasonable rates these um, uh, rituals and horoscopes for the new moon and full moon in each, uh, in each zodiac sign. And so I downloaded the Pisces new moon and full moon. I could not believe how much information I was given. So Lisa and I both listened to our rising sign horoscopes, which are about a half an hour long. Yeah, and very detailed. And got read to filth, you guys. Oh my God. We like both... read right the hell down. Our jaws were open. <laughs> we were just like, this is... I mean, because you can listen, when we downloaded it, there'd already been days passed, and she covered those days, and mm-hmm. they were so accurate. They were so incredible. accurate. 
Um, this is not like a product placement. No, not at all. No ads. If Chani knew about this, she'd be like, who the hell are you? But yeah. <laughs> uh, just to say it was incredible and we love her. And yeah. she's amazing anyway. And I'm sure you know of her, but she also has a new book. Um, uh, you're you from, were born for this? Yeah, you were born for this. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was going to mess that up a whole bunch. That's okay. There's so many books in the world and it's hard to remember all the names. <laughs> I can barely remember my own book's names. <laughs> Seriously, my publishers give me such crazy subtitles. I'm like... I don't know what it's called. Just type my name into Google. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Pick the cover you think is cute. <laughs> Full moon is coming up. Full moons are great in a, in a sign. Because um, it's the opposite energy. And so mm. you're sort of like releasing things and, and making promises and, and like letting go of the work that you've been doing. Yes. Uh, and that's so crucial. And I just feel like, um, especially if you're in your moon sign for th- that uh, astrological time of the year, uh, you should be trying to mark in some way that feels meaningful to you these passages. So whether it's new moon or full moon, they're both really important. They have very different energies. Uh, but the full moon in Virgo is like, get some shit done. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I think it's like, I, I think it's a great time to reassess what you've got going on and think about ways that you can make it better mm-hmm. and make it more efficient mm-hmm. and make it work for you emotionally and literally like on your day to day. I have very, I think I am naturally not inclined to connect with Virgo for so many reasons that you've all heard on many episodes, but I do think that the very reason that I'm so opposed to it at, at times is because it goes against my very chaotic nature. So I hope to use this full moon in Virgo coming up to kind of meditate yeah. on my life, what's working, what's not, and get rid of it if it's not. Well, I've said it to you before, but you feel seen by Virgo. It's too... I'm just... <laughs> no. And so I think having the full moon in it will be really yeah. good for you. Yeah. I need to t- turn that x-ray vision um, into something that works for me. So what are some, what are some uh, rituals that we can talk about that are helpful? Mm. I think that for Pisces season. Yeah. Yeah. I think that water and dreaming and sleeping are going to come into play here. I, I fully agree. You love water matter, don't you? I do. I love water magic. Is that a surprise to anyone anywhere? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I think water magic for me can be extremely simple. Like I definitely have uh, more involved and complex rituals that I care about. Um, but I'm not here to talk about those because they involve ingredients and, you know, words that you have to say. And, uh, I'm here to talk about like a basic thing that anyone can do, no matter what your belief system is. Um, a really simple, really the simplest water magic you can do that I believe in to the core of my very being is taking a salt bath. Uh, if you don't have a bathtub, like if you live in New York and you have a shower, you can still do this with like a salt scrub in the shower. Um, it's the, it's literal grounding. Mm, yes. And everyone needs it when people are like, I feel really out of sorts, especially during this Mercury retrograde that we're in right now. Like nothing is going right. I feel untethered. My dreams are weird. I feel bloated. I feel like I'm eating the wrong thing. Like I don't know where to go. Where I'm to like, be. have you taken a salt bath? Yeah. Take the salt bath. And <laughs> it's, it's more than just like putting salt in the water. It's like doing it with intentionality, right? Exactly. It's like knowing that you're putting something into the water that is of the earth and grounded. Mm -hmm. And also, I think just getting your body into water kind of helps you become more fluid and lean into that uncertainty. Of course. So. 
And so if, if putting salt in your bath is magical, imagine, imagine what going into the ocean does for you. It's the ultimate grounding salt bath. It's the great mother. It, mother Ocean. <laughs> it's the primordial bathtub. We love you, Mother Ocean. <laughs> uh, Lisa and I are obsessed. We're obsessed. <laughs> you and I did water magic at the beach. We did. We did. Uh, I'll talk about like a really sort of childish sounding one, but I just I hold on to it with everything I believe in, which is just um, writing your worries on on shells and then releasing them back into the ocean and watching the tide take them away. Uh, it's very simple. It sounds extremely simplistic and I'm aware of that. I do other magic, you guys, but I'm just saying, uh, you anyone to can do this. Anyone can do this. Yeah. And it's just relieving. You're, it's, it's so metaphorical. It's so literal. It's just both right there. It's easy. Yeah. And like, just watch your worries wash away. Yeah, and I also use it for wishes. Yeah, I do I wishes. I do wishes and worries. Yeah, mm-hmm. wishes and worries. The two great W's <laughs> of the world. One of my greatest memories in my family, which is a very fractured family, um, we went to the beach in North Carolina. I don't even know how many years ago. Ten years ago, we rented a house. It was the last time we were all together and like acting like a family. And we, happened, we had a house right on the, on the water, and it was the full moon the second night we were there. Mm-hmm. And I love my Pisces and Scorpio mom and dad for, like, coming in and announcing it. Like, the moon is up. Everyone can see it. Get into the water right now. And we all, like, went out together and just, like, waded in up to our waists and, like, held our hands up and just, like, recharged our energy together without, like, having language for it or, like, saying that. it was innate. But they were just like, behold this. Behold this together. That is so beautiful. I love that. Yeah. It was, yeah, I can't recommend it enough. Water magic is so real, you guys. That's so beautiful. What a nice and memory. Let's go from ocean to mm. river. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I, I, I've been really recently obsessed with um, the mythology around Hypnos mm. and the river Leth, which is pronounced Lethe, but I can't train my brain to say it like that. So the ancient Greeks believed that there are pre-sleeping rituals like bathing and like certain kinds of dieting that will lead to certain kinds of dreams. And mm. if this is Pisces season, you want to be working in the dream space, paying attention to your dreams, writing your dreams down. So it's Hypnos is the god of sleep. Um, and he was the son of darkness. Oh, Erebus. Come on now. I'm so in love already. And night. <laughs> Nyx. So Hypnos lived in the underworld, which was populated by poppies and plants capable of lulling you into a into a dark sleep. And I think that's one of the most beautiful images I could ever think of. And through this underworld ran the river Leth, which is basically a combination of forgetfulness and oblivion, like sleep, because the dreams are always on the edge of your consciousness. Yes. Um, your awareness. Yeah. So this is the place where we store our intuition and we risk forever forgetting what we just dreamed or learned. Um, so I think that one of the things that we can do as a sort of ritual for Pisces season, and in general, if you feel called to it, is to write a pre-sleep poem or message to Hypnos, the god, or the archetype, however you see mm-hmm. Hypnos. Um Maybe you want to sleep without nightmares. Maybe you want to call on guides or ancestors or images that teach you something. And maybe you read the poem and place it beneath your pillow or you like 
transcribe it onto a little scroll and put it onto your altar. Mm -hmm. Something really simple, sort of like the ocean, the sand magic. Um, But if you think about like hypnos as not just a god or a mythological creature, but you think of hypnos as a, a sort of like part of yourself Mm -hmm. then you're talking to that self and that's what like hypnotists do they like move the consciousness aside and get right to the subconscious where they can make changes and make activations and do that kind of subconscious work so think of hypnosis as yourself write to that person write poems to that person and I don't know ask for messages in your dreams absolutely which I think is like the most incredible thing we can do Mm -hmm. which leads into the idea that we were talking about like is intuition something that you can like work on like a tool? Mm. I vote yes. What do you think? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. I can't imagine how someone. W- w- I, I I do think people say, "Oh, I'm intuitive. I'm an intuitive. Mm-hmm. I'm an empath." I think we all are. I think we all are. It's just how we access it. Yeah. Um. If you're interested in increasing your intuition, I think there are a lot of ways you can do that. Um. One of them actually is like figuring out your moon sign in your chart and sort of writing from the perspective of that. Like look up what the the aspects are, what the personality traits are of that sign and think about how it relates to your emotional self and write from that. Like journal Mm. from it, try to write a poem from it, try to write a song from it. Um, Anything that comes up is, it's going to get you in touch with your subconscious and your feelings for sure. But I also think, um, really paying attention to your dreams so not like writing before and having that ritual mm. but then you have the dream right what do you do with that information afterwards exactly. um you know julia cameron in the artist's way has what she calls morning papers and yeah. i really believe in them because the idea is you wake up and before you like get out of bed if you don't have to get out of bed or for me i pee and come back let's be fair <laughs> but you can you can write in your journal before you do anything else with your brain and you're still sort of remembering your dreams and you're able to get some of those messages and catch them a little bit like all those like squiggly little fish you know you yes, catch a yes, few in exactly. your net you're not going to yes. get all of them but you're going to catch a few of those little fishies yeah and i love that and they're there for you know to tell you something right it is i mean it is so so real i think that dreams are hugely valid pieces of information that Mm -hmm. just like beg to be heard there's a book called intuitive witchcraft by astria taylor yes astria taylor is really lovely and i can't recommend it enough um really really like supportive and wonderful and kind author and witch and yeah check out intuitive witchcraft i think that might set some of you down your intuitive paths Speaking of this, should we talk about our recurring dreams? That's a good idea. As as you pour, I was gonna I was gonna say one more wine. thing though. Yeah. Oh yeah. One more thing, which is it's gonna sound sort of I hate to sound like flaky or like general, but um, you're not. A huge part of intuition is actually just trusting it and not writing it off. And when you have a gut feeling or your brain is giving you information that you're saying like I don't have a basis for that or that doesn't feel logical or grounded in in something tangible, um, like paying attention to those, those signs, those signals, those feelings, I think is crucial. I I don't, if something feels like this is too coincidental to, you know, be just a coincidence, it probably is meaningful. That's like what I'm constantly telling my friends when they're like telling me about their recurring dreams or they're telling me about, um, the way somebody made them feel instantly or, 
I have this job offer, but I have this gut feeling about it. And then I had a nightmare that this happened. And I'm like, yeah, that's your sign. And, and just increasing your intuition also literally just means trusting it. Yes. And we've been told for so long, especially any sort of marginalized or silenced person to not trust it because we're invalid or whatever it might be. I'm going to argue that there's a lot of sexism in not trusting intuition. Yes. That every everything good and everything, you know, enlightened has been given to logic and math and mm. reason and science and obviously I respect and love all of those things. Of course. But there's another side to it and and Pisces sort of like lives in it whether they want to or not. Um, you know, they can be the most logical like journalist you know, straightforward person, but they, they have these instincts in them that other people just, you know, don't. I, I think sometimes I'm babbling. You're my not point, babbling My at point all. is that I think part of our distrust of, like, feeling is rooted in sexism. First of all, because women weren't educated at the same level that men were for centuries, for fucking centuries. We weren't allowed in colleges and medical schools, and we had to, you know, make ourselves strege and make ourselves folk witches and make ourselves midwives. Um to do the same work that we knew was correct. Yeah. And uh, anyway. No, you're Intuition so right. is hugely important to your knowledge and to your character. There's actually, I think, so much that developed out of intuition. It's like society started noticing, oh, that's, it's weird. Every time, like, the moon does this thing, like, my farm changes. Yes. There's a re- <laughs> like, if they didn't yes. trust that, there would be no understanding of everything. I mean, weather and astronomy, astrology, um, the tides. Like, to question is to learn. And it's also just, it's okay to make note of things and to feel odd sometimes. Like, A-W-E-D, odd. Odd, Like, in awe of. It's okay to feel awe. It's okay to feel um, like you don't have, like, a logical answer for something. That is still an answer. Absolutely. And you still came to it through like a series of neurons firing off in your brain just the same as you would by doing a math equation. Honestly, anytime anyone says some shit about intuition, I'm just like, we live on a spinning ball in darkness <laughs> with no end and no beginning that we will ever understand. Yeah, so give me a fucking break. Fucking shut your you mouth. You don't have the answers. Yeah, Stop you telling me you know everything. back and read your peer-reviewed journals. I'm going to be over here spinning on this crazy ball in outer space. Which is to say that we both still completely respect We're, math, science, yes, literature. Of course we Vaccinate do. your fucking kids. Like, yes. These are real things. Please do Please do take medication when yes. you're ill. Do not turn to astronomy don't, to fix your mental health issues. Don't pray the gay way. Like, none of this shit. Yeah. Like, no. You, you, we need, you know, we need, we need science, science and medicine. Yes. Um, that is, it's just, yes. we also need... To dabble in the occult and the We also liminal. need to, like, just explore our human brains. Exactly. It's the sea. It's like the sea. We haven't figured out the sea. We haven't figured out space. We haven't figured out the brain. We haven't. There's not much of it being used. Yeah. Clearly, judging by the political chaos oh my going God. on today. You guys. But. <laughs> All right. That, sorry, I had to add that. No, it's okay. We just threw a temper tantrum in our podcast about. Stomping my foot. The earth and politics. <laughs> and intuition. So, speaking of that beautiful liminal space. We've come to our untranslatable words segment. Woo! Which is music. We sat in a bar in Brooklyn a few like weeks. That sounded so hipster. But it, we did. But it was a fact. <laughs> 
It's true. <laughs> we sat in a bar in Brooklyn. We were wearing few weeks normal ago. clothes. Does that help? Yeah, we we were wearing leggings because we walked across the bridge. We did. We had a healthy day, and we came up with this segment as we just like kinda had a little like tear in our eyes thinking about like life and beauty and Pisces. Um, true. I think that's probably what we do in general. It is. That's <laughs> what we do, you guys. Hanging out with us is a hoot. <laughs> Bring your tissues. <laughs> oh, we're a joy. Okay, yeah, we're talking about the idea. Okay? I love that the drunkenness finally hit at the very end of the recording. Here we are, you guys. We were, like, really good for a while. Now we're swimming in it. You can hear me babbling. <laughs> Going off on tangents. I feel like it's true. We hit the 35-minute mark, and there's just giggles. I'm getting into, like, conspiracy theory territory. I know. But the earth is flat. <laughs> so don't even go there, Andy. Stop it right now. <laughs> don't you dare do that to this podcast. I know. Because people will take it seriously. They'll be like, these bitches think these, the earth is These flat earth That's bitches. what happens when you get into astrology. That's how astrology works, because the earth is flat. <laughs> Okay. Oh my god. Untranslatable words. Untranslatable words. Well, the concept, right? The concept, which I love, is that other cultures and other languages have these terms for things that we don't have in English. And I'm sure there are probably things we have in English that don't translate into mm-hmm. other um, languages as well. But to me, how Piscean is it to have this term that is a universal feeling mm-hmm. that lives in the collective subconscious? Young would have a fucking heyday over this. Oh my god. But we don't have an equivalent for it. We all, we have like a jumbled set of ideas where we're like, yeah, the thing. But other cultures have like boiled it down and made a word. Right. I love that. I love that. I love that. How poetic is that? I, I mean, it is, it's just like the very essence of the human condition. Yeah. It's incredible to me. Truly. Do you want to start with your favorite? Y- yeah. All right. I'll, I'll go with my favorite, which I learned because my boyfriend is I just like what word what, what where did that come from no because I when I say boyfriend I think to myself it just sounds like I'm part of the babysitter's club or something <laughs> like I guess I want to call me your man friend because that's gross my man um I don't know no that's I'm, really like kind of tough yeah my partner but that feels like we're like doing law together yeah or something. anyway your SL, your significant other yeah my spousey guy <laughs> he's Brazilian and I learned this word in Brazil from his Brazilian dad, saudade. Um, I, I suppose it is a Brazilian Portuguese word versus a Portuguese word. Mm-hmm. But please correct me if I'm wrong, you guys. Uh, saudade is like a feeling of longing, melancholy, or nostalgia, a yearning for something that has already passed. And it's like that, it's not sad. Mm-hmm. It's not happy. Yeah. It's that melancholic, bittersweet, mm-hmm. yearny feeling that's like both a beautiful memory and also like a deep hunger for that which cannot be brought back. And I love that. And that's like, honestly, if someone were to write me a tombstone, they would just put like, Lisa, like master of saudade. I'll write your tombstone. Yeah. That's all I do. I just sit here all day thinking about the past and trying to understand it. And honestly, that's one of my probably biggest flaws. It's hilarious because my term is very similar. We are some water signs. <laughs> Mine is Welsh. I'm not actually, no, I am Welsh. My mother's family's Welsh. Um, I, I, I might be mispronouncing. I tried to look it up and I'm, you know, don't speak Welsh. Uh, but here I, here I, which is kind of a homesickness for something that 
didn't really ever exist. It's like when you're lonely for your childhood home, but that wasn't perfect either. Or you're lonely from the place that you moved from, but that wasn't the place you belonged either. And it's this feeling of just like a general homesickness that can't be cured because you can't go back there. And going back there wouldn't do you any good, but you still want it. It is honestly the stuff of my life. That is the state of my being. Exactly. (laughs) I continually obsess on the color of my bedroom walls or the way the light poured in through the window and the way that smelled in the morning when my mom made coffee, but things were still fucked up. Yeah. I remember the cracks in the ceiling and seeing different shapes in them, and I can tell you exactly what the witch riding a broom looked like in the cracks, and I can tell you that the one looked like a funny old man, and I can tell you exactly the smell of my curtains that were made of like cheap cotton when I would open my windows in the spring and the sun went and the air would come in. I know exactly what that smell is, but things were so bad, you know, and not all the time. Right. Bad childhoods aren't like bad every single 24 seven. Of course not. But the fact that like I yearn mm. for that familiarity and I yearn to go back to this time, but I can't and I, I can't yeah. and it wasn't good. I, guy, <laughs> Honestly, there's this Instagram post that I don't remember the name of anymore, and I I will I'll tweet it out when I do remember. But it was about missing, and it really resonated with me for the reasons you and I just talked about. It was like you are allowed to miss things that weren't necessarily good for you, or maybe sometimes were, because you are trying to make sense of it, and it brought you something and did something Aww. for you. And that just gave me a lot of permission because yeah. I do find myself in that state. Um, and I'm we, sure we both got teary just now. We did just even thinking about these things. Readers, I mean listeners, <laughs> listeners, <laughs> dear reader, <laughs> dear reader. Uh, Sorry, not the technology we're using. Um, <laughs> listeners, do you have anything that you feel so dodgy or hiraith about? about? We chose the words to be sort of Pisceans. We do have one more. Yes, that I also think is very Piscean. Mm, same. And is probably just better known because um, the the amazing Spanish poet uh, Federico Garcia Lorca wrote about it. Duende. 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 Do you want to launch in? I feel like you can do this justice too. Okay. Um, I love Duende. Um, so basically it's like a state, a heightened state of emotional response to art. Um, a reaction to something beautiful and create a creative thing that you are that in love with you're watching happen you're gi- it's giving you chills mm-hmm. yeah. that you're watching happen or you're taking part of that moment yes. so you're reading the poem you're watching the dance I think it um, it was often used in Spanish culture for watching flamenco mm. because it's such a passionate dance but it can be like you're I don't know like I, my friend Heather Davis Scorpio extraordinaire <laughs> Hi, I talk Heather. about this all the time how like in real life we have a hard time uh, you know, really feeling our feelings in the moment with people. We're a little bit repressed in that way. Uh, you can have a fight with your partner and keep a dry eye. And then we watch a movie and there's like one tender moment and we're just bawling our eyes out. Like she and I need a, a bucket of tissues every time we watch a movie together. Aww. And that's, you know, we, we have really strong duende. It is a strong duende. I, I know what you mean. It's just that like, 
elated state of being so connected into the human condition. I'm addicted to that feeling. I have to tell you. I have to like, too. Like, that, like, you know, homesickness is something that, like, kind of wish I didn't have, even though it does make me write better. It mm. makes me connected to literature. But Duente, like, I could never get rid of. And you can't live without it. It's a surge of electricity that just makes you feel okay about it's existing. It's a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift. Like, if you sit and watch something so beautiful and you're just unmoved or mm. you just are looking at it for technical perfection mm. like you're fucking missing out you're a crazy psychopath yeah you're not piscean no and flamenco i think is so so i i understand why it's so related to duende because flamenco is this just like of the body hyper emotional just dancing from the and singing from music playing from the soul yeah it's so body and soul forward mm-hmm. and i love it um so the music is gorgeous heart-wrenching Ugh. Ugh, it's let's m- go watch flamenco let's leave this country and just <laughs> go do something else um you know what we did skip over hmm. we skipped over our recurring dreams oh i didn't realize that yeah okay do you want to go over do you want me to start this is deep all right, we have 12 minutes. All right, okay. Which one do I want to tell you about? Your worst. No, I'm just kidding. Tell me the one that you feel most Scorpio. comfortable. <laughs> I know. Um, all right, I'll tell the one. Ugh, they're both really... Anyway. Uh, two dreams I've had recurring since childhood. I'm going to tell about one of them. Um, I remember starting to have this dream about like three or four years old, and I only have it maybe once a year now. And honestly, when I wake up in the morning from it, I feel like I've been visited by something. I am grateful. I'm, I'm so uh, overjoyed that this dream hasn't left me. I have a lot of nightmares. I have a lot of stress dreams, a lot of really nonsensical things. But this one comes back to me every time, and it sort of isn't exactly the same play out of events, but it's always the same place, same idea. And in this dream, uh, it's in the desert, and there's a, a large tent, and I'm in it. And there are many women in there, and there's a huge fire in the middle and a cutout at the top of the tent. Um, and I'm wearing robes, and there are women in states of like bleeding through their period. There are women postpartum with their new babies. There are just women in all states of like being women bodily, physically. And I what really strikes me other than that um, is that I, I have a conversation you know I'm talking in this dream I'm always like in charge of something uh, and the language that's coming out of my mouth is not a language that I know but in my head I know exactly what it is but I, I remember the weird feeling of speaking a language that I don't know I don't know what it is but in the dream in the dream you feel it in the dream I'm hearing the, the what I'm saying and saying what is what am I saying what am I hearing but my brain is translating the whole time. And uh, I'm sort of, I'm overseeing all these women uh, in various states of needing care. And yeah. my other recurring dream is kind of the same theme in a different place, and I would say era, based on like what people are wearing. But I, I don't exactly know why I'm visited with this dream all the time, but I am. I'm 38 years old, I've probably had this dream 35 times. You told me this one of the first times we hung out. Of course I did, because that's what water signs do when they make friends. But it's interesting to me because it's like, this really has been something that's part of you. Yeah. I often, I think, a dream has a deeper meaning connected to a feeling. Yes. 
But in this, I almost feel like it's not just a feeling, but a sort of memory or ancestral download that you're receiving. I wonder about that. Um, that it's so, it feels so primordial. When it, or, the dream starts, I smell it. And people say that you can't smell in your dreams, but for me, there's like a certain blend of, I think it's like incense or something that's burning on the fire, and that's the first thing that happens, mm-hmm. is I smell that and then I'm back there. When did this dream first start? I think it was like four. Four? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. To me, it feels like maybe you are trying to save women in some way. The dream also, when I say like it happens yearly, it doesn't happen on the same day. It doesn't seem to happen on like meaningful mm. dates. It's not no like trigger. full moon or birthday. It, it, I can't find any... Sometimes it's a year and a half between it. Sometimes it's less. Sometimes it's more. I can't find any discerning pattern at all. What does your intuition tell you? I don't... I, I'm scared to say it for sounding, you know... Got it. Like flaky, but I just... um. I don't know. I feel really tapped in and connected. Uh, you know that I'm I'm Arabic as well as being Italian American, and I it feels it feels Arabic, which is like an ignorant thing to say. But I'm like a white American, so you know. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to dig too deeply because I don't want it to go away. Sure. I don't want to like um, yeah. analyze it into oblivion. Yeah. It's just extremely comforting, and it feels like I'm home. My my hiraif is uh, cured in this dream. That's incredible, Andy. That is so beautiful. So, what about you? Mine is very different. It um, I don't think it's connected to a past or, or memory mm-hmm. or anything like that. It's I think a I think a trauma based dream. Oh, I think, but I don't know. Um, cause I, I think I started having it when I was very little before the trauma occurred. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't make any sense if that were the case, but I've always had this dream and it stopped when I was about 25. Oh, wow. Um, but I've had it since I was about six of my father and I sitting in a parked car that was owned by my grandfather and him parking us under a giant like electricity tower, one mm-hmm. of those silver things on the side of the highway. Mm-hmm. And it's sparse, and we're in like an empty meadow type thing off of a highway. It feels ominous. The sky is gray. Mm -hmm. And he sits with his hands on the wheel looking forward, and I beg him to look at me and talk to me, and I'm in the passenger seat, and he refuses. Yeah. And I probably, maybe 20 times I've had it, and each time it's very vivid, and each time I beg more and more for him to see me and acknowledge me, and it's not like I want to get out of the car. I want to be seen. Yeah. Um... And I don't know what it is about the electricity towers. There were a lot of them when I was growing up, so maybe they filtered into my mind. I always felt they were very scary and technological looking and alien almost. So I think my brain sort of looked at it like a like a beastly giant tower that I can't oh wow. I just realized a tower that I like I have to climb. Yeah something as you're saying this I'm like yeah you're unloading it you're yeah mm -hmm. I didn't realize that but eventually it stopped and I did have a hard relationship with my dad and now we're very close and I'm wondering if part of it is like a healing from or I don't even know I don't really know because in dreams like I don't know if your father is actually your father Mm. 
your father might be the universe to you. If you started having that dream before, when you were like pre yeah. everything and pre trauma, pre divorce, like pre- maybe your dad is the world, and you just you just want to be heard and you want to be seen, and maybe it's a feeling of neglect or feeling uncared for against all these like towers that you have to climb, or feeling wow. like you've just been born to have something to say and not knowing where to put it. And that's a lot. That's a lot of assumption. But I'm saying you can look at this very personally as a relationship between your father yeah. and you. Or you can look at this as like a four-year-old girl and the way she views her father as basically God. You are... I've never in my life thought about that. And that feels very right. I've always felt different, separate, invisible since I was a child. And the, these electricity towers, which are like producing connection between people in such a terrifying way, it's, it, to me, it, it, feels, it feels like a cry to the universe and to the modern world both more than it feels familial. I just feel like I, I got the chills, like um, therapy sessions. This is what we do for fun. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, noted. Won't hang out with them on Don't Friday Don't hang out night. with <laughs> Fucking weirdos. Well, that was really beautiful. I'm glad that we could share that. And listeners, if you'd like to share your dreams, we put a tweet Please, out, tweet, comment. Instagram us. Let Facebook, us know. Whatever. Send us your send us your dreams. We'd love to talk about them, even if it is Aries season. And there's no time for that shit in Aries season. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. We're always we're watery. We're an office of watery feelings. So please, anytime. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. We'll be back in Aries season with all that creative, fiery energy for you. Yes. Thank you for swimming deep with us tonight. We really went there tonight. We all. I know. And we will bring our game, our guessing game, our celebrity. Yeah, it'll, it's it'll all come coming back. back. We promise. We promise. We just had a lot of surface ground to cover. Yes. We had a lot of making up to do. The, the fun stuff's coming back. Exactly. Next episode, you guys. We promise. We love you and appreciate you so much. And happy Pisces season. Happy full moon coming up. Do something good for yourself. And if you like us, can you just share it with one friend? Can you just share just us with one. one friend? Just one. Not trying to hawk our goods, but if you like us... We're, you know, we're new and, and up and coming, and we would love for you to share us with just one person you think might appreciate it. Thank you. We love you. Good night. Good night, Astro Babes. <laughs>